from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Head over to 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page as well. Elbow drop the subscribe button. I say that because wrestling's in town tonight at PNC Arena. That's right, WWE SmackDown, Brian Murphy. I'm going to be there. You're not, which is unfortunate for you. But I will be there, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But make sure you hit the subscribe button. Smash it. Also, hit the likes. Leave comments. We actually enjoy hearing what people have to say, believe it or not. So leave comments as well. Engage with us. Also helps the algorithm a little bit, too. There's some changes coming at PNC Arena, potentially here in the near future. Also, some Carolina Hurricanes-related news, even though the Carolina Hurricanes didn't do anything, and that's what makes it makes it news. But let's get into the daily checkdown. All right, Brian Murphy. Philip Rivers is having his 10th kid. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. I did but see Philip Rivers is having his 10th kid. It's a lot of kids. Congrats to the Rivers family. Congrats to him. That's a lot of kids. I don't know how this is going to... I just... I Power to him. Power to him. Ten kids. Could you imagine? I can't. I cannot. I don't I, have any. <laughs> I don't have any. Can't think about ten. I, I have two, and, uh, and that is all I can handle on most days. I, I, mean, I, I I'm... Look, Philip Rivers is probably a little older than me. We were both in college at the same time. I think he was a year or two ahead of me. Okay. And he has 10 children. Um, that is amazing. And I just would not have the energy at my age. And Philip, like I said, Philip Rivers is a, a couple years older than me to have a newborn child. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, Congratulations. I'm, still, I'm still having trouble comprehending all of this. <laughs> I really am. Thank you. You know, Philip Rivers, what, Nick Cannon. You know, there's several people who are just populating the planet for us. Keep keeping the birth rate up here in the United States. Someone has to do it. It's not me. All right. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So WWE SmackDown is at PNC Arena tonight. I'm very much looking forward to it. But something that I'm looking forward to at PNC Arena are some upgrades. I'm looking forward to more amenities for for fans when we go to concerts, when we go to wrestling events, Canes games, state basketball, whatever it might be, Monster Jam. Whatever is taking place at PNC Arena... I'm all for the fan experience growing, and I'm all for the opportunity for fans to really get the most for their money. Because we all know as people who are consuming these products at PNC, and by products I mean the shows, the entertainment there, the money that we spend, tickets aren't getting cheaper, parking's getting more expensive. Like, okay, well, what am I getting in return for this, right? Like, the game's not changing, the concert's not changing, but I'm paying more for it. What am I getting out of this? Brian Murphy... It seems like PNC Arena, we're we're taking the steps forward. At least we're seeing the steps being taken for improvements to the fan experience at PNC. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, th- this has been in the works. What's what's amazing is this has been in the works since 2014. They first started discussing improving the arena. Mm-hmm. In 2019, they actually kind of put a price tag on it, 
in the two hundred million dollar range. Yeah, and then COVID happened and, and everything you know kind of stopped. And so here we are now. It's twenty twenty three. We're more than halfway through twenty twenty three. We could be looking at twenty twenty four before this list of, of projects even gets put together. Mm-hmm. Um, today, a, a committee of the Centennial Authority, the Centennial Authority owns PNC Arena. Um, got their first look at some of these proposals. Or maybe not their first look. These have been around for a while, but kind of all put together. And now it's a time for choosing. So I ask you, like, if you could have one thing at PNC Arena, what would you want there? What would I want there? Yeah, what would improve the oh. fan experience for you? Ooh. Uh, you know, some of the things they talked about, uh, mm. you know, more open sight lines from the concourse. You can stand and have a beer and, and still see the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a, 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 an open outdoor terrace on the third floor uh, where you could stand outside. You obviously couldn't see the game from out there. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, see, I don't want that because I, I want the, the experience for when I'm in the game. More grab-and-go stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, b- more concession stands, probably easier to use. Um, you know, cha- changing, you know, the in-viewing bars. Bars on the third concourse where you can sit at a bar and watch the game. I mean, all kinds of stuff, but I, you know, I think all of this stuff is super cool, but I, from a fan perspective, like what yeah. do you want when you go to these games? Like what don't they have that you want? Or is it one of those things where, ah, when they put it in, then I'll really want it. I think for me, it's entertainment around PNC because I, if I'm going to, for example, if I go to, to SmackDown tonight, if there's a few restaurants that are right there or just some other things that I can go enjoy, that if I were to take an Uber or a Lyft to PNC and I can get dropped off, let's say, at 6.30. For, you know, SmackDown tonight, the show starts at 7.45. It's live on TV, Fox 50, at, at 8 o'clock. Well, if I get dropped off at 6.30, I can go eat dinner or I can go enjoy something else, like some other form of entertainment that's outside the arena or next to it or in proximity to it, that I can enjoy those things and then go inside the PNC arena and watch the event. If that makes sense, no, I, I, that I makes mean, complete that, sense. That from that personally is for me, and that's sort of the third part of all this, right? We have this huge PNC arena renovation. Yeah, that, that is enhancements to the actual arena. We have this deal with the Hurricanes trying to get a long-term lease. The next part of all of that is development around the arena. Yeah. Now, of course, you know you have to do something with all the parking spaces because of, mm-hmm. of NC State football games. But I, I think there's a huge opportunity, and and sort of the Hurricanes, quite frankly to develop the area around the arena and turn it into an entertainment district, an entertainment center where you're right. You go, there's a sports book. There are great restaurants. There's a couple cool bars. Maybe there's an axe-throwing place or a, or a video arcade or uh, you name it. Um, all A rooftop bar, uh, you know, a, a place where you can play cornhole and, and throw horseshoes and drink some beers. You, you know, a place that brings people out there all the time. And I think that that is one of the next steps. And I think the Centennial Authority, which runs PNC Arena or owns it, wants to put some of that stuff in the arena. They want to have a restaurant where you can go and sit outside. And, you know, maybe it's before a game. Maybe it's when there's no game happening. Maybe it's before an NC State football game. Yeah. Uh, They want some of that, what you just talked about, around the arena. They want some of that in the arena. And so that the arena can be activated on more than just game nights or or wrestling days or, or things like that. That that's something I would like to see. I think also opening up the the concourse a little bit more, like more space to move around the concourse, which which I think will make things easier for 
to know, and where some of the bathrooms and some of the concessions are, things can get really congested. I think opening some of that space would actually make things a little bit flow a little bit easier um, for fans. That's something I would – those are one of the things that I'm open to. They are looking to get rid of all those kind of portable, you know, kiosks that yeah. are kind of in the middle of the concourse. They'd like to, to reduce the number of those, increase the amount of sort of permanent space, mm-hmm. grab-and-go – some of these quick marts where you walk in and you walk out, you never even have to scan anything, and they just charge your credit card. I don't exactly understand how that works, but apparently it works in lots of places. I am interested in the SmackDown tonight. Yes. What are you looking forward to about that? I guess there's a women's championship match. There's a women's championship match between Asuka and Bianca Belair. I'm very much looking forward to that as well. I'm also looking forward to seeing North Carolina's own Cameron Grimes Is tonight. Bianca Belair... Like a part of a big family? Is she is she like a wrestling in, in a wrestling family? No, I'm thinking of someone else. You're probably thinking of someone else. Okay, you're thinking of Ric Flair? <laughs> not not Ric Flair. Um, that's a cool name. I don't know what her real name is, but I like Bianca Belair. Okay, that's a good wrestling name. It's a yeah, and she's she's a fantastic wrestler as well. But uh, she'll be there tonight, um, hoping to see AJ Styles and and all that tonight. So it's a it's a. Uh, it should be a fun time uh, over there at uh And these are the kind of events that when they talk about enhancing PNC Arena, they want to bring yeah. more of this stuff. More The Eagles are coming. Obviously, Lizzo came and Stevie Nicks. They want to bring bigger, better shows in there, diverse shows, uh, and, and that's what a lot of this enhancement is about. All right, next up. One, two, three. Uh, something that got announced today. We know that R&D Brewing, right here based in Raleigh, R&D Brewing, they do Storm Brew. They also, I think, they're the ones that are responsible for making Old Tuffy, if I remember correctly, as well. Uh, but they have Mountain Brew, which is an App State beer. They also now have a new beer out. And this one actually ties in with East Carolina. That's right. We have Pirates Brew. We have a new beer, Pirates Brew. So it's a collaboration with ECU Athletics and R&D Brewing. They're uh, team up to the official Pirates Craft Beer. Uh, looking at the can here, from what I've seen, it's it's a sharp looking can. It's, it's mostly purple. Uh, it's similar to the uh, to the Mountain Brew can, uh, where the Mountain Brew, the the App State one, is uh, black with the yellow like kind of stripes and you know and uh, uh, and, and uh, lining, I guess you could say. Uh, I like ECU I like this has can. it's purple with yellow. It's got the uh, the pirate. Uh, it's got the logo and all that stuff on there as well. Uh, it's a really, really cool can as well. But looking at it, I see 4% alcohol by volume, and I see it's a refreshing light beer. So you know what? It's the perfect beer to drink when you're drinking a lot of them. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like a, just a beer-flavored beer that's light and not a lot of alcohol in terms of alcohol percentage by volume. Uh, like I said, it just looks like it's a 4%. But I think it's really cool that R&D Brewing, again, based right here in Raleigh, is partnering up and doing these collaborations with – local teams, local schools. I think this is awesome. I think this is really, really cool. Uh, and I think it's gonna, something that's going to be available in stores, I think, in the next few weeks, I believe, if I remember correctly. Let's be honest. Uh, is an East Carolina fan going to drink a beer brewed in Raleigh? I mean, you probably already do. <laughs> probably they, already do. They don't They don't love the guys in Raleigh that much, those ECU fans. I don't know. It's got ECU <laughs> on it. But it's, it is a collaboration between the two. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's called Pirate's Brew. No, it, it looks awesome. And how many of these do you think get consumed at, at Dowden-Fickley Stadium? 
I don't think you can count that. <laughs> That's it. I'm wondering as well. I can't remember if Dowdy Ficklin actually does sell beer at their games. I know they're allowed to. Legally, they are. Uh, but I don't know if they're allowed to uh, or if they do yet or not. But it is um, it is an opportunity, I think, for – or this shows that, you know, more schools, I think, can get involved. If, they, if, if something that can be marketed right and if R&D can sell enough beer, then – why aren't then why wouldn't we see this more? I'm waiting for maybe one day we'll actually have R and D will do something with, with Carolina. Maybe they'll do something with Duke as well. I want to do something with all the schools across the state. Well, I think it's neat. They've chosen wisely, right? They yeah. picked NC State, East Carolina, and App State. Three big state I, schools. That that drink a lot of beer. At least their fans have the reputation of drinking a lot of beer. Yes. I think they've chosen well. Uh, I have a storm brew sitting in my fridge. Do you? I have not cracked it open. I need to. Well, they also do have, for those who don't know, they also have the Bull Durham beer as well. So R&D is partnered with the with the Durham Bulls and Capital Broadcasting as well for that as well. Uh, by the way, uh, one of my favorite beers from them, uh, I'm not an IPA person, so it's not the Seven Saturdays. It's the, the Riviera, the Mexican lager. Have you had that before? I have not. Oh, that's good. I, I want to – East Carolina opens the season at Michigan. How did I not know that? How, could, how did you not know that? I don't know, but I'm looking I, for, I'm looking forward to that East Carolina at App State game. Yeah, I'm about to, I was about to say like that's the interesting one. It's like okay, I think before that game there should be a should be an R and D drink off. Like which which fan base can consume the most Pirates Brew or oh gosh, or, or Mountain I, Brew? I don't know if we can we can actually uh, <laughs> we should we endorse that, uh, but it's gonna happen. You know what? Might just have an R and D just like brew truck out there at that game and they have a mixture of both that would actually be really cool they may have to ship extra shipments up there to uh to to boone before that weekend that they will are you ready for the big game at the designery we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game i'm dana merrill the owner of the designery in north raleigh and i am true merrill i am the project manager the designery is a lovely kitchen bath and closet remodeling company we do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house if you want to store things in your cabinets if you want to work on things on your countertops if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy we're the place to help you fix your home up we are the designery north raleigh located at 3030 wake forest road in the holly park plaza we would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com all right next up and i don't even care who number two is Miles Sanders, running back for the Carolina Panthers, was on with WFNZ in Charlotte. He was on with Mac and Bone, uh, the morning show at WFNZ. He was on with them yesterday morning. And he had some glowing remarks about the rookie quarterback, number one overall pick, Bryce Young. The guy is sharp. The guy is a sharp guy. Um, kudos to Nick Saban and what he's doing in Alabama because he's doing a heck of a job. Um, and like I said, he's sharp. He's there early, last one leaving. Uh, the main thing, a part of his game that I've noticed is, his, you know, his pocket presence. His pocket presence is, is, is amazing to me, and he has a quick release. And he makes smart decisions, too, so he doesn't really force passes, and he has a nice touch, a lovely touch on the ball. Yeah. And, yeah, he's a big fan. He, he has a, he's like a humble, humble, uh, cocky, not cocky, but, like, he's cocky in a humble way, in right. the humblest way. Like, he knows, he knows. He knows who he is, and yeah. um, I think we're a good hand. I've always been impressed with how veterans talk about Bryce Young. I would say impressed. I think I've more or less – I think it's revealing 
the way veterans have been talking about Bryce Young. And not just the same, like, the cliche, like, oh, he's a rookie, he's working hard, you know, you know, studying the playbook, you know, ask questions, you know, just like the the stereotypical stuff, right? When we constantly hear of, yeah, this guy's got a swagger about him. Like, there's a there's a calm confidence about this guy. Like, he's not boastful, but he's confident. And I think that speaks volumes about who Bryce Young is as a player and as a person. He's got all the talent. The only question is his size. That's it. That's the only question about him. But it seems like he has everything else. But also, it seems like he has the respect and appreciation of his teammates, which I think goes a long, long way. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking at the court, the projected starting quarterbacks in the NFC this year. Where where do we think Bryce Young is going to fall on this list? Do, do we think he's going to be better than Sam Howell? It's a great question. Do we think he's going to be better than Jordan Love? I'd say yeah. I think he's going to be better than Desmond Ritter. Oh yeah. Baker Mayfield. Yes. If 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 he if he wasn't going to be better than Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Baker Mayfield would be a Carolina Panther. I agree. I agree. Daniel Jones. I could see him being better than Daniel Jones. Not, Daniel Jones got hyped up a lot, but let's be real. Saquon Barkley carried that offense. And he only had, what, 17 touchdowns last season Did passing did Daniel Jones? Yeah, whatever. Geno Smith? Nah. I, I don't see Geno Smith being better than Bryce Young. Overall, no. Brock Purdy? That's a big question mark. Yeah, I think we're in the, I think we're at the point where it's like, these are the true I don't know. I mean, like the, like the ones that we know are going to be better. Like, okay, Jalen Hurts, right. we'll throw that out there. I mean, I'll even give you a Jared Goff this upcoming season. Maybe. Justin Fields, another question. I mark. think I think Purdy Fields. We're sort of in the okay. That's where Bryce Young could be. Yeah, we don't know. Derek uh, Carr. <sighs> Derek Carr, I could see being better. He's because Derek Carr's a good quarterback and he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. Uh, but this is again, there's a lot of question marks in the NFC. I mean, outside of I think Hurts, we all know. Yeah, Hurts, we all know. How about Prescott? We know Prescott. Mike McCarthy's in his way. Um, Stafford, is he healthy? Right. That's the Stafford healthy with the concussions and all that kind of stuff. That's to be determined. And Kirk Cousins. And Cousins is Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's just good. So so he's okay. You know, th- this quick little exercise we did that puts Bryce Young about in the middle of NFC quarterbacks. That's what we project. But as a rookie, that's a lot to ask a rookie to be in that pack already with veteran guys. That's a lot to ask even for a rookie, even if he is the number one overall pick. But a lot's resting on his shoulders. Yeah, because when a I lot's look, resting when on I his look at their skill players, they, he he certainly is not surrounded with the skill that like Kirk Cousins is surrounded by. There's no, no. Justin Jefferson on that. No, roster. not even close. Uh, not certainly not what Dak Prescott is surrounded by. Uh, clearly not what Jalen Hurts is surrounded by. I think a lot is going to be on Bryce Young. It's certainly great to hear Miles Sanders and other veterans talk about him the way they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but is I, I guess I wonder is that too much to put on a rookie quarterback? It's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask a rookie to go to do that. I think the Panthers are still capable of winning the NFC South, that's for sure. All right, let's get into our top story. The Carolina Hurricanes didn't do anything, (laughs) but this is why it matters. We saw a couple weeks ago that the Carolina Hurricanes had apparently had agreed to a trade for defenseman Tony D'Angelo, who used to play for the Carolina Hurricanes. Last season, played with the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers were they're cleaning house. They're restarting over. We're looking to move Tony D'Angelo, trade him back to Carolina. Terms of the deal was, I think, like a mid-level prospect would go to Philly, maybe like a low-round pick, something like that. 
and the Flyers would retain two and a half million of the five million dollars owed to Tony D'Angelo, and the Canes would bring in Tony D'Angelo at just one year left on his contract and only had to pay two and a half million dollars. Sound like a pretty good deal. Well, we draw the line of okay, if you're bringing in Tony D'Angelo, that means someone on your current defensive core is going to get traded, most likely. The thought was was uh, was Brett Pesci. Well, that didn't happen a couple weeks ago for some rules involving the collective bargaining agreement where that couldn't happen because of timeline. Well, now we learn today the Philadelphia Flyers announced that they've placed Tony D'Angelo on unconditional waivers, which means if another team doesn't snatch him up basically in the next 24 hours, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So my question is, okay, well, what happened to the trade? What happened to the deal? Now, I think the deal to get D'Angelo was contingent upon Brett Pesci getting traded. Because you're not going to make that move to bring in Tony D'Angelo and pay him $2.5 million to be your seventh defenseman and be a healthy scratch. But you've got to trade Pesci for an upgrade somewhere else. Because you're not you're not swapping Pesci out to get D'Angelo on the roster. No, you're not doing that. You would get something in return. For something Brett really Pesci. good. My guess is yes. Um, so either that or you're going to maybe get like a – if you're trading Brett Pesci – you're, you might attach a pick or something to it, but you're probably going to get a forward. It was my guess. You would get a forward in return. But now, with the signings of Mike Bunting and the guys that are coming back for the Carolina Hurricanes, do you need it, do you need to trade Brett Pesci for a forward, or if do you need to even do that if you're signing Vladimir Tarasenko? So this is where things can kind of get a little murky. Is that well, what is the next move? Because we were able to draw that direct line of hey, if you're getting D'Angelo. Brett Pesci's also coming in. Or, sorry, Brett Pesci's going to be out the door because you can slide Jalen Chatfield up and you put Tony Janzel in that third defensive pair. I don't know what the next move is for Carolina. Maybe there isn't a next move. Here's my question. And, and does this make – my question to you is, does this make the Hurricanes better? What, not having D'Angelo? You, you sign Tarasenko, you mm-hmm. trade Pesci for picks, and you sign D'Angelo to you know, 800000 750000 so you've added Tarasenko and D'Angelo at the expense of Pesci, but you've also gotten back, is he worth a first rounder? Is he worth a second rounder? You might get a first rounder for him. So is that you might. Does that make you From better? a contender, yeah. Does that make you better? I think it does overall. Because here's you gotta remember, they signed Dmitry Orlov. So they're already better on defense because you their defense right now with Shea, Pesci, Slavin Burns, Chatfield, and and Dmitry Orlov. Yeah, that's, the, that's as good as defense score in the NHL. Like, find me a better one. Go ahead. I'll wait. That's the best defensive score in the NHL. But where did Carolina struggle? Scoring, scoring goals. goals, right? Goal scoring is where they've struggled. So if you bring in Vladimir Tarasenko and Michael Bunting, two guys that can play physical and have size, Mike Bunting had, 20, had 23 goals in each of the last two seasons. But one thing that he does, because he commands space and attention in front of the net, it opens up space for other guys. Vladimir Tarasenko is a big body dude, but that also can score. And yes, so your team would get better. But if you're bringing in Tarasenko, I think a forward might have to move as well. Because again, you have to clear up cap space. Brett Pesci's cap pits just over $4 million. And you've got two and a half million. And you have two and a half right now. Tarasenko made over $7 million. Like per, on his last contract per year, but does any nobody thinks he's going to get that because of the way the cap situation is around the league? Well, he might be signed. We're we're seeing a lot in the NHL guys signing one year contracts 
because the cap has stayed well, pretty pretty flat. It's only went up about a million dollars. But next year it jumps up about four or five million. So we're seeing guys like a Tyler Bertuzzi. We even saw Shane Gostisbehere sign for a one-year contract up in Detroit at the same price point that he played on his last contract in terms of uh, he's just like $4 million. So he's going up to Detroit, only a one-year contract. Matt Dumba, who's 28 years old, right-handed defenseman, still sitting out there. Patrick Kane still sitting out there. Vladimir Tarasenko still sitting out there. We've seen a lot more guys sign just one-year contracts because they have a really good season. Then they can get the three- or four-year contract next year. So that's that's kind of where the, the the situation that a lot of teams in the NHL are in right now. I, that and so I'm looking at how do you make your overall team better because obviously mm-hmm. the Hurricanes were very good. You know, a lot of number two pick in Vegas to win the the Stanley Cup. Yeah, how do you? So, so it's hard to get better. You, you know, you can only get I think incrementally pay, better. I think they're already better looking at this year than they were last year. So I'm I'm you know if if you have this loaded defense, can you trade Pesci for picks to to you know get your future? And then use that salary slot to make yourself better somewhere else, or maybe you find one. You know, maybe you can then find one of these free agents that is hanging out out there, yeah. Who says, "Hey, I want a chance to win a cup. I'll take a little less, sign the one-year deal, prove it deal. Maybe I get to win a cup. Maybe I make a deep run in the playoffs, and and so you you improve your team that way. I I don't like when you have a team this good. And, and you've already improved it in free agency. There, there's only so much you can do to make it just a little bit better. And is that little bit better the difference between winning the Stanley Cup or losing in the Eastern Conference Final? I think the way this team is is built right now, what we, we what we project going into this upcoming season, the roster projected going into next season is better than the roster that we saw finish in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because again, you add Bunting, you add Lemieux, you add Orloff. The key guys are coming back. Okay, yeah, you lost. Like Paul Stastny and Derek Stepan, those guys are out there. But I also get Sveshnikov coming back too. And and is anyone else better? Is anyone else in the Eastern Conference gotten that much better? I don't think so. The Devils. I mean they they signed Timo Meyer long term, but they also I mean I don't know. I mean they're still a really good team. I don't think the Rangers are better. And and the Bruins are certainly not better. I don't think so. They're getting old. Right. And and they're they, losing guys because of the cap. Right. Yeah. They're they're yeah. It's like Tyler Bertuzzi. Some of those guys they traded for Dmitry Orlov. Right. They're not back, and they got bounced in the first round. I'm not entirely sure. Wrestling is in Raleigh tonight, PNC Arena. I'll be there. Look for me. Come say hey. Shoot me a DM. I'll come say hey to you. I'll come meet you in the concourse. No, seriously, I'll come yeah. say hey. He'll, he'll meet you on the concourse. I'll meet you. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, know- I feel like I got to go like full like Ric Flair like promo over there. <laughs> I know that the world has moved on from the summer league. You know, yeah. that, now that Wembayama's not playing anymore, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's still some games going on. There's lots of games going on. Brady Manick, yeah, former Carolina Tar Heel, North Carolina Tar Heel, having a great summer league. I don't know if it's going to earn him a spot in the in the NBA, but having a great summer league. Leaky Black finally got some playing time and nailed a couple with, of threes. With the Charlotte Hornets, yeah, and Terquavion Smith having a pretty good um, rookie summer league as well uh, with the Sixers. Yeah, which he's actually playing right now the Sixers are playing in the summer league right now they're up 56 41 at halftime uh over the Clippers I not think that he, anyone matters whoever he played against yesterday had Jarkel Joyner on the team there's Atlanta from her correctly and he got a he had Joyner on him was able to get off you know a switch yeah. and then and then uh Turkovian Smith nailed a three um look I don't know if any of these guys are gonna be able to stick Manic Smith uh Leaky Black Jarkel Joyner but great to see them get an opportunity 
Yeah, and which is all you can ask for. I think Smith has a chance. I, I think Tracavion Smith definitely has a chance to play well, in the NBA. He signed a two way, so he'll he'll be up and down with the with the Sixers during this season. And I think Leaky Black br- does enough things mm-hmm. that can help a team. Like Theo Pinson has hung around. Yeah, the NBA for a long time. No long time. Doesn't play a ton, but has hung around on the end of benches. Um, I think Leaky Black could hang around on benches because I think he can do some things that, in a pinch, you could play him. And his size and his length definitely help as well, especially because he's was one of the best defenders in the ACC. Right. During that- his time there. And if he can really develop into a true 3 and D player um, in terms of, again, play really good defense, and in a pinch, if you can you know shoot 37% from three – in the NBA, you can you find yourself a niche. You can find yourself a role the, the, in the NBA. You don't have to be as good as a three and D like Harrison Barnes is right. right now, but you can still be a relatively productive player in the NBA. At least find yourself on a roster. He'd be more of like a D and three guy. There oh, are yeah. some guys like that too yeah. who are like more defense than three. The question for all these guys and, and Traquavion strikes me as one guy. Can he just go somewhere else and make a boatload of money and and just pour in buckets? Talking about internationally? Yeah, yeah. Which he, he, no doubt he could. He could go play in, in one of a dozen leagues across across the globe and, mm-hmm. and pour in buckets. You know, we'd hear, Traquavion Smith scored 50 in, in the Turkish league or the Chinese league or, or the Greek league. Um, but he is on a two-way, so he's certainly going to try the NBA for a while first. As he should. I yeah. mean, he should exhaust all of his options before going overseas uh, because I think long-term, that's where financially things are going to benefit him the most. But I think... He'll probably need a season or two, again, as a two-way in the G League to to, to develop a little bit. But I think Traquavion Smith in the NBA, he's, he's a little bit more of a slider frame, but he still stands at 6'4", and the guy knows how to score. And I think this guy is going to be someone that you can bring off the bench as your number two point guard that can lead that second unit, that can play 25 minutes a night, and and score 16 points maybe off the bench. Can, on, on a good night, or even consistently double-digit points coming off the bench, but can play 25 minutes. Can he hold up defensively? That That's a big question. And and what happens with this James Harden, James Harden situation? Like, is there suddenly going to be an opening for guard minutes in Philadelphia? There very well could be. Right. But yeah, because uh, James Harden's a – well, yeah, he's asked for a trade. Right. So his, his contract rights are still with the Philadelphia 76ers. But, yeah, this is where things can, can really play out for a guy uh, like Traquavion Smith. And – I think also it helps as well that the NBA added a third two-way contract right. for, for teams. So it allows a guy like a Turquavian Smith or a Leaky Black or a Jarkel Joyner to earn a two-way contract. A two-way contract uh, allows teams to bring players up from the G League, which is their minor league, and up to the NBA roster to different points throughout the season, much like we've seen with uh, Mark Williams down in Charlotte with the Hornets during his first year in the NBA, got moved up and down quite a bit, and then we saw him develop even further as the season progressed along. So that's something that we're going to see a lot. We saw a lot with uh, with Cody Martin, with Caleb Martin right. uh, as well. These guys get moved up and down a little bit, and then they develop, and then before you know it, they're on the regular NBA roster uh, on a consistent basis, and they earn NBA contracts. And, uh, and the new way. collective bargaining agreement in the NBA yeah. has really imposed a lot of financial penalties if you go yeah. over – you know, certain what they call tax aprons, but certain yeah. thresholds. And that's going to make two-way players extremely valuable because if mm-hmm. you can develop some two-way players, they're on lower contracts. They can help you fill out a roster that allows you to get higher-end talent, but you don't have to pay 
12, 14 million dollars for a, you know for your eighth man if if Turquavion Smith can handle that role or Leaky yeah. Black can be a guy off the bench. I, Brady Manick is the one who fascinates me because mm-hmm. at his size to be able to shoot like that, that is a skill that NBA values. Yes. On the other hand, I, I j- talk about holding up defensively. I'm not sure he can hold up defensively. The, yeah, those are that's a big question mark uh, for him going forward. But like you said, the ability to shoot and stretch the floor at his size uh, is 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 a value thing. That's that's kind of the give and take. It's like okay, we don't have you have to have you in the rotation in key defensive parts of the game. But you know, in the middle parts of the second and third quarter, we can use while we give some other guys rest. You can still give us eight points on a night. And you're not too big of a defensive liability when 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 it comes to crunch time late in games, but this is where in the NBA, second round picks are going to become more valuable because of the the financial penalties that you said the luxury tax the penalties increase with the new CBA after this season. So, an extra two way contract, three of them as opposed to two. Well, that's what you're going to get a lot with second round picks. So I think the second round picks are actually going to become more valuable. And this is where also we can see undrafted guys like a Traquavion Smith, uh, who I thought was going to get drafted but ended up not, but still got a two-way contract. This is where you're going to start to see these guys really show their value, and it's really going to force teams to really dig deep and find guys in the second round who can they who they can develop over the course of several years to fill out their rosters. Yeah, Leaky, Leaky Black, uh, undrafted as well. Didn't, most people didn't think he would get drafted, but mm-hmm. – you know, if you can find these guys and be contributors, I mean, that that is a huge – I'm trying to – you know, baseball is like this, right? If you can develop players to help your major league team, that's huge. Mm-hmm. NFL is a little different. Although, I mean, I guess they do find undrafted free agents, but – Oh, yeah, a lot of undrafted free but agents. But the draft is so short in the NBA, two rounds. There are lots and lots of good basketball players who go undrafted. You know, Nikola Jovic was a second-round pick. Draymond Green was a second-round right. pick. Right. There, there, there is talent out there because – you know, because the top of the NBA draft is so much on future potential. Yeah. You know, drafted 19-year-old guys who've only played one year of college. Those guys like Smith and Black and even Manic who have played a long time in college, mm-hmm. I think get undervalued by the NBA. That's Brian Murphy. Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. If you missed any of the show, check it out on the best of 99.9 The Fan podcast. Also, go on 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page. Make sure you elbow drop that subscribe button. I say elbow drop. With intention today, Brian Murphy, because WWE SmackDown is at PNC Arena. I'm going to be there tonight. I'm very excited. I'm very thankful to be there. Uh, my birthday was about three weeks ago, and my girlfriend completely surprised me. She 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 set it up, Brian, where she locked the date to make sure she's like, hey, there's this concert I'm interested in going to. Uh, it's like this indie band. I really I think you really would enjoy them. Or you want to go? I was like, yeah, let's go. She's like, okay, I'm going to get tickets. Sweet. So she locked up my Friday night tonight. Like, a month and a half ago. Did you know that WWE was coming that I knew night? it was coming, but my girlfriend says, hey, I want to go do this. I'm like, absolutely, let's go do this together. That's a good boyfriend right there. Well, I mean, because I, I try to be, <laughs> you know? I try to be. Because I also know that AEW Collision is coming uh, to, to to Greensboro Coliseum next month. So I was like, okay, I'm actually, I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to that show. Then she completely swerves me on my birthday. She's like, yeah, I got you SmackDown tickets. I'm going with you. I was like, yeah. That's like, a good like, girlfriend move. She's a, she's amazing. That's good. Uh, but I, I was like, completely, I thought tonight I was going to this concert. Not even sure the name of the band, uh, but she completely tricked me. She got me good. 
I'm very excited about that's that. That's good. You, you you look excited. Like, I, oh, I'm so pumped. You know, there are days when you come in and you know guys are excited about doing something. You oh, look yeah. excited. I, I'm 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 stoked for tonight. Uh, Chris Lee look. is going. Yeah, Chris I Lee. I think is Graham be Hill there. is going. There's yeah, going to be a, a whole 99.9 the fan contingent at this. Thing. I think I think Chris Graham and I are going to have a triple threat match <laughs> out there. Graham is already talking trash. I'm sorry, Graham, you ain't winning. Do they still use like uh, ringside chairs? You know, do they still grab a chair and bring it into the ring? Or oh, they, that happens. Or have they advanced oh, way beyond that? Oh, that happens. It still happens. I mean, advanced. You know, I mean, advanced beyond that. That feels like a, that feels like, so. you know, I watched the wrestling in, what, the late 80s, early 90s? That yeah. feels like a late 80s, early 90s thing. No, it's still a thing. Good. I love it when is. they pull the, you know, the fold up, the folding chair. And, oh, yeah. Or when they, uh, when they knock out the referee and switch him out with, uh, oh, yeah. you know, a more friendly referee for you. Something along those lines. <laughs> So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's simulation and game design program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.